Hello and welcome back to iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. In the PropTech hot seat today is Robert Cooper, uh, NBU CEO. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm delighted to talk to you. You know, it's always exciting for us when we get the opportunity in Ireland to showcase some of the best innovation that's happening around smart buildings and uh, particularly around climate tech. So I'm really excited for the opportunity to speak to you today. Likewise, I'm very happy to be on the show. Uh, Robert, you might just explain to our audience, Envy, what does it do and what is your organization's remit? Sure. So MU is a, a smart building solution specifically designed for the multifamily industry, broadly multifamily, very, very much any kind of multi-dwelling unit. And what do we mean by smart building? So that is uh, smart thermostats, certainly sensors, um, et cetera, inside the apartments. But it also means really any conditioned or even unconditioned space in the building and it includes central HVAC equipment, heating and cooling equipment as well. So we're in some buildings where we're putting sensors in the garage to avoid freeze outs as much as we're putting in smart thermostats in the apartment units. And that's all very interesting, but why would anybody care except for maybe a technologist? So what we're really doing is helping our customers run their buildings more efficiently, primarily from an energy and carbon perspective. That's really how customers often first come to us and they'll present us with you know, their worst building, their energy hub building, and we can help them with that. But what they rapidly find is that the platform is also really, really uh, you know, very happy to be used by the staff. So the staff now have a platform that gives them visibility and in many cases control over what's going on in the building. Multifamily is unusual in real estate because it has elements of both commercial and residential. So you'll find that the staff in these buildings are very stressed out because they're in the building, but they can't enter 85% of the building space, the residences, without 48 hours notice and a good reason. Well, now they don't have to enter, but find out what's going on. And in today's world of, you know, quiet quitting and, uh, and, and, and actual quitting, um, being able to make the workers uh, much more productive and happy about the way they're interacting with their building has been really equally important to our customers as the climate and energy aspect. Robert, it's interesting how you talk about the crossover um, of residential and commercial and multifamily because it's something that actually is quite new to Ireland, this experience, because um, much of our multifamily was almost by default as opposed to by design. And in fact, uh, categories such as uh, built to rent, um, you know, uh, they're just, um, there's some certainly uh, new areas in Ireland where we're navigating challenges right down to, you know, maybe local opposition, um, you know, uh, unclear and ever-changing planning guidelines. Um, there's certainly, uh, there is a, a lack of, maybe awareness of the offering of multifamily. And, you know, so it's interesting to hear you talk about the spread that that's across student accommodation and sheltered housing to the elderly. So when we look at your clients, are they typically, you know, in terms of multi-story buildings, you know, what's the makeup of the majority of your clients in terms of building structure? Yeah, so it's actually quite a mix. So a, you know, a diversified national, 
multifamily operator in the United States may have um, <clears throat> urban core high rise, uh, they may have mid rise, they may have what we call garden style, which is buildings of maybe 10 to 12 units uh, spread over a campus, they're low rise. And we certainly are valuable in all of those building types. So we see that sort of, sort of diversity. You know, a lot of our customers um, have a significant amount of affordable housing and senior housing. And, you know, we, you know a, good, a good example of that would be wind companies, uh, which has 100,000 units under management. About 50,000 of those are affordable housing. They're also, they also, like several of our, our best customers, are very much leaders in climate tech and uh, and carbon reduction. That's an that's interesting because uh, again, I, I know across North America and the the jurisdiction that you're operating in, um, it is arguably in some way uh, more advanced in terms of adoption of ESG and climate technologies. So I'm interested to, for all for you maybe to look back to maybe earlier days of adoption. Can you identify or pinpoint really what the genuine drivers were? Like, was it changing regulations? Was it user demand? Or is it a genuine corporate commitment to best practice? So when I go back to the early days of Amoru, I think like any startup, you're really finding some special customers early on that um, recognize that you've found, you know, unmet needs in this space and they are sensitive to those needs, sensitive to the fact that it's hard to run their buildings, sensitive to the fact they don't really know where the energy use is going. In a lot of cases, and, and I think this is particularly true in prop tech, there's a lot of unmet needs that have been unmet for so long that people aren't actually aware of them. So some of those early customers were visionary, and they were visionary enough to take a bet on what at the time was a, was a small company. Now what we find is, there's just a lot of fast follower um, uh, attributes in the real estate industry. So the folks that started becoming our customers one or two years ago, why did they become our customers? Well, you know, ESG and, and sustainability um, are now much more accepted and, 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 you know, adopted in the real estate industry. They were out there looking for somebody that could help them, and they discovered that in the multifamily space, they're really aren't very many solutions. And then they looked at who of their peers that they would typically follow were using this technology. And they found, you know, MBU and they found it by what I call old school viral marketing. So, you know, they would talk to their friends in old school social networks and they would uh, find out about MBU. Honestly, that's how we've probably got most of our customers. You know, it's interesting for all of our technology and I'm certainly a proponent of new technologies uh, word of mouth as some bases we haven't moved that far beyond the cave as in survival has always been word of mouth whether that's personal survival or corporate survival and that tends to be the case although today we call that social proof but it is really still word of mouth irrespective of how that's getting around and it, it's interesting that you identify uh, you know maybe the problems that were so entrenched across real estate that people weren't aware of them I suppose I would I would delve a little deeper into that and say, you know, was the industry not aware or were they maybe aware and didn't think that these were problems that were worthy of prioritizing or solving? I think that's that's a big piece of it. I think part of it is also that they didn't think that there was a solution. They really didn't see, okay, there's nothing really I can do about residents that are 
um, in this old building who are uncomfortable and who are opening the windows because it's too hot in the middle of winter. Um, it was just kind of, they got used to it and, and, and to some extent their residents, uh, you know, they, they were not listening to their residents complaining about it anymore. Um, I think it bears repeating that you, in a very offhand way, have given, you've probably distilled many years worth of startup and scaling learning into a bit of a throwaway comment. And I definitely don't want any uh, startups here to miss out on it. And that is get special customers early on. I understand what you mean by special, you know, I, and actually any startup that has gotten traction understands what you mean by special startups or special customers early on. It's the customers who get what you're trying to do, even if you're not entirely sure how to do it or you're not entirely ready to to execute on it. Uh, having those special customers early on actually teaches a startup. Um, it validates what they're doing, but it almost teaches them the next step. Um, you know, you use the term fast follower and you know, five years ago, when I talked about fast followers, I was probably doing it in a derogatory way. You know, I, I was, um, it, it wasn't a compliment when I used that. You know, generally it was born out of my frustration for the companies that wouldn't take a punch or wouldn't uh, live up to the ideals they were spouting. Whereas actually now, fast forward five years, I appreciate fast followers and I understand that actually that's the hallmark of market traction. Are we doing enough to really uh, get the fast follower mentality across real estate? That's exactly right. It's an inflection point um, for a company, excuse me, and, and for, a, for, a, uh, for a technology um, is when it's, it becomes kind of that no-brainer decision. Um, I actually hate the term no-brainer because uh, it sounds like, because people do it, do, do, the people that do this are actually smart, uh, but so, but I think that's a, a, is a real inflection point. And, you know, in my career, in my co-founders careers, in other, you know, B2B businesses, not necessarily in real estate, um, it's exactly the same thing. It's when you get that market acceptance, social proof, um, that it becomes, you know, you end up in column A is the other way it's described. <laughs> so when you get, you know, when they're, they're evaluating you and they're evaluating other companies, they've really got you front of mind because of what they've seen in terms of your successes with other customers that they respect. Uh, Robert, across the MBU team, how, how have you, you know, what have you learned since the pandemic? How has your client base changed or maybe changed in their demands? Um, and how has the marketplace changed for you over the last two and a half years? We had the... Uh, benefit and the curse, I guess, of, of having a lot of senior housing um, in our portfolio at the time. So it was a benefit in a way because senior housing shut down really fast. There was no kind of, oh, this is not going to last that long, it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So two things happened. Uh, on our side, we took all of the senior housing uh, deals in our pipeline and we moved about 12 months, which turned out to be uh, pretty much spot on. The good thing about senior housing is they got vaccinated first, and so a lot of those deals opened up. The other thing that happened was the industry in general adopted prop tech, particularly, well, really all kinds of prop tech, but in building prop tech, they wanted to adopt it fairly aggressively with and after 
COVID. Now, they, you couldn't necessarily get into the buildings in the middle of 2020, but toward the end of 2020, things started opening up again in the senior housing because they, they got vaccinated. And with following appropriate procedures and everything, it really was a, a kind of a jump start to the industry. Robert, what are your expectations for the market over the next kind of 18 to 24 months, or what are you learning from your clients? What we're seeing is obviously everybody's talking about economic headwinds and they're talking about you know, the impact of interest rates on real estate investment. And so, you know, we're, we're aware of that. What we're seeing and what we're seeing with our customers is that um, climate tech is still very, very um, almost not, I wouldn't say immune to those issues, but it is really, really on, still on quite a tear. Um, if you look at that from both the venture investing side, um, it's the most healthy area of venture investment. And if you look at it from the, the real, real estate investing side, um, and, and, and really it's linked with the amount of capital that's coming into climate tech, not for new technology, development but the deployment right if you look at the amount of capital that's coming in because of that a lot of that is is flowing into real estate so we feel very good about what we're doing in terms of helping, helping to fix the climate but we also feel very good about that space is um being that space being less you know more immune and 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 you know more immune to some of the larger economic um changes that are, that are happening uh, so we're pretty positive. Yeah, no, uh, and that's that's good to hear. And I suppose uh, identifying the trends as you have in terms of where capital is being directed has that changed your attitude in terms of innovation? Um, looking solely to maybe grow what you're ready to deploy now, or have you any new innovations in the pipeline over the next kind of eighteen to twenty-four months? Oh, we are absolutely continuing to innovate. That's a, that's essential for a company like ourselves, and it's really a lot of the vision of what we, we want to get to is, is, is around more of that innovation. So at the same time that we're you know, rapidly deploying the technology that we have today, we are developing a lot of new capabilities going forward. Primarily, those are in the area of grid-connected buildings and controlling when you use energy as much as, as how much energy you use. So people think of energy efficiency as let's let's use less energy to do the same job and, and keep people comfortable by uh, you know, using less energy. Increasingly, it's more about reducing energy usage at certain times of the day. As we look at the huge amount of, of changes in infrastructure and buildings that has to happen to decarbonize them, that can be sort of summed up in a very short way saying, run everything on electricity and then make the electricity green. Running everything on electricity, particularly heating, which is where obviously a lot of fossil fuels are used today, that is gonna create a winter peaking grid. So you think of the grid as being under stress on a hot day in the summer. In the future, it's gonna be under stress on one or, one or two days or even weeks of the coldest weather in the winter. So that winter peak cannot be supplied, that winter peak electricity use, even if you had all the generation you needed, there's not enough wires to deliver that to today's real estate. 
And so the way to solve that problem while we're building out that infrastructure, which will take a while, is to control that energy use at peak times. Now, the good thing about buildings is they have a lot of thermal mass. So, and from our data and analytics, we know how much thermal mass these buildings have. So we know how much, how warm they will stay, even if we dial back the amount of energy that's going to the building at those critical times. As electric vehicle charging arrives in multifamily, which it is, that is another source of variable load that you can shift when that charging happens two times the day when the grid is not so stressed. So that's really where the future is for us. And it really combines two things we're good at. One of them is all of that data we're extracting out of the building. Think about minute by minute data from every sensor, every thermostat in that building. You combine that with our ability to control. So we're not just a reporting platform like an ESG reporting platform. We also provide the ability to control that building actively minute by minute. So the combination of those two are actually a very good match for what the grid is going to need very soon. And I suppose, uh, finally, to, to wrap up, when new clients are coming to you and they're maybe only at the start of their sustainability journey with existing buildings that will need to be retrofit as, as opposed to newly built, you know, what's a good starting point? Um, where do you start when advising them? I love that question. So... <laughs> Uh, you're absolutely right that there's, you know, of, you know, like 70% of the buildings around today are going to be around, you know, 20, 30 years from now. And our advice is actually pretty simple and it sounds self-serving, but it's, but it's true, which is if you put a technology like Imbue into your buildings today, you will A, get immediate energy and carbon reductions and, in, you know, carbon that we save now is, is actually more valuable than carbon that we save in the future because of the impact of, of climate tipping points. So that's number one. Number two is now that Enview or similar technology is in your building, you are getting abundant data flowing out of that building. And that data can be analyzed to give you the best plan for how to fully electrify that building. Because you're going to electrify it, you're going to maybe change the windows, you're maybe going to change the building cladding, those are a lot of choices to make and getting real continuous data from every point in the building is going to help you make the best decision about how to electrify. Post-electrification, MBU's primary value at that point is around making that building grid connected because now it has a very good thermal battery. It's much better thermal performance than before, but it's using 100% electricity. Um, I think that's a great point in terms of the value of carbon saved now as opposed to carbon saved in the future and I think it is just goes further to come to compound how and why corporates can't continue to rely on carbon offsetting which has has really been um, a bit of a crutch over the past decade and a half so I think that that's a really interesting one and a great point to finish on um, best of luck with your future innovation to yourself and the team at Enview that was CEO Robert Cooper and that's it from us this week you can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com my thanks to the Hear Me Roar production team and to Luke Delaney on sound for Dublin South FM until next time thank you for listening <laughs>